0: In better light everything changed.
1: Hi, welcome to Story Guts. Uh, I'm Alice Lai.
2: And I'm Molly Curran. And and this is where we explore what the stories we tell, tell about us.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, as you have noticed, well, I don't know if we are now recording separately. I'm recording from the sunny hillsides of San Francisco and Molly's recording from the snowed in snow banks of Michigan, Ann Arbor.
2: Oh yeah, we just were coming right off a, not a blizzard, but we got a good solid more than a foot of snow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you I know. should, I should have made a a little snowman. Like I feel like this is like a huge missed opportunity for me.
2: I know, right? Well, it was it was a bummer that it snowed though because we had tickets to go to uh, the ballet in Detroit. Um, we were gonna see Romeo and Juliet, and we couldn't go. Oh, so.
1: yeah, yeah. No, actually, I w- I was just at a ballet yesterday, and it was um like Balanchine, millipede, and Justin Peck, and Justin Peck. Oh, and Justin Peck also just came out with a video for uh new yorker oh or, cool. sorry, not, not new yorker the national <laughs> the, okay the, there's a music video <laughs> the, for the band the yes national. the band okay. the national it's like two people dance doing like dancing in a dim auditory it's like very like high school dance like high or middle school dance kind of feel um but uh to 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 bring this back on topic uh... well
2: see i was trying to do a cool segue there oh. by saying we're Gonna go see Romeo and Juliet, but
1: <sighs> I'm sorry. Okay, it's okay. It's go okay. for it. Go for it. Segue. <laughs>
2: um, I don't know what the cool segue was. Um, just that Romeo and Juliet is one of the most, you know, famous love stories of all time, and uh, for our episode today, we're going to sort of have a belated Valentine's episode where we are talking about love stories and romance.
1: Yep. Happy Valentine's Day, you horrible monsters. <laughs> what?
2: Um, so yeah, I, I thought maybe we would just sort of talk about different, um, tropes in love stories. It doesn't have to be like romance, like, like a romance novel or a romantic comedy or anything, but just like, you know, some of the, the love stories that we've enjoyed in different, uh, properties and properties, what a weird way to say that different, (laughs) you know, like shows and books and stuff. Um, and, and talk about, you know, what, what. Is appealing to that to yeah yeah about for this. sure
1: um i guess i guess like one of the most classic i mean it's like it's funny that you don't really hear about romances very often you hear about romantic comedies like there's no um and obviously like romance stories like lifetime stories whatever what was that one with, with like was it demi lovato or miley cyrus or someone sweet sweet home alabama
2: wow that was so wrong in every capacity <laughs> Uh, Sweet Home Alabama is a romantic comedy starring Reese Witherspoon.
1: Okay, is that okay? And that was a romantic comedy.
2: It was a romantic comedy with some drama elements. But okay, yeah, mostly.
1: But is it like what does it mean that like there's no such like? Are is it just like people are so cynical about romance that they they need to like cut it with sure. comedy?
2: But I think you're wrong. I think there are plenty <laughs> of romance movies. Okay,
1: okay, yeah, okay, I fair think, enough.
2: I think the romance drama is absolutely a genre it's just less assured how it's going to end up right mm-hmm. the romance genre um or the drama of romance right could be about an affair it could be <gasps> about um it, i mean it could be about like people who are in some sort of extreme situation who fall in love mm-hmm. um like any jane austen adaptation would be categorized as drama but yeah, yeah. It, you know there, there's going to be a love story um, so I think I think romantic dramas are absolutely a thing. I think it's just that they're less, a little bit less formulaic than mm-hmm. um, a romantic comedy because and, the drama can sort of allow for the unhappy ending or the, um, you know, the illicit or whatever. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I think, yeah, and part of it, I mean, obviously a part of it's also like they're often maligned for being like, you know, quote unquote, like aimed at middle-aged women, uh, which is like the uh, a social class that's commonly seen as like weak and whatever.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's certainly true of I guess like what you would call the the like romantic dramas that are in the same sort of style as the formulaic romantic comedy, which would be like the Nicholas Sparks movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which are romantic dramas that are heavy on the melodrama. Heavy on the sort of like Christian themes, right? And uh, you know those can end in tragedy and death and stuff. But um, they're they're a little, you know, you kind of know what you're signing up for in those cases.
1: Okay. All right. Wait. I thought. Okay. What if we just listed the the romantic couples that we find like the worst, and then just talk about why they didn't work out for us?
2: Oh my God. Okay. We can do that, but do, I just do, have to do, do rearrange think that... my thinking. Wait, was that? I said I just have to rearrange my thinking, because I've oh. been thinking about, like, the opposite of that. Oh, no. But no. I like this idea.
1: I was just thinking about that, because I remembered, um, I just, like, randomly remembered the, the OTP of Marvel movies, which is Scarlet Witch and Vision.
0: Oh. That,
1: like, I just, like, completely forgot, and I was like, oh, yeah, wasn't, like, Vision kind of her dad figure and then they start dating for some reason
2: or captain
1: America and the granddaughter of the woman he loves.
2: Oh God, that one's terrible. (laughs) I mean, if we're doing like Marvel, like Marvel love stories, like none of them are great. Marvel,
1: Marvel Um, is kind of like a lead foot.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just like, there's something about, I don't know. There's just something about the way those romances like have to come together and you know, like I like Tony Stark and Pepper Potts, but like it, it <sighs> there are things about it that bother me. Um, I guess
1: Luke Cage and Jessica Jones was like done pretty well.
2: Yeah, I was into Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Um, haven't seen Black Panther yet, but oh yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see how I am into that. Whatever the romantic pairing there is, um, is part of but, it. But yeah, I, huh.
1: Oh, I was going to say, like, is part of it just the trying to, like, force, like, a romantic subplot to what is, like, a fairly standard cinematic um, action?
2: Yeah, I think it's that. And I think it's um, trying to, I don't know. I. I guess, like, I really don't care for the character that is, like, the love interest character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, she's often, like, pretty cool. But like she's pretty cool.
1: It, it's like a very Joss this, Whedon.
2: I mean, it's not even that. Like it's it's in this very marginal way. I mean, it's very it, it's like almost cliché to talk about. But like you know, it's like Natalie Portman and Thor. Like it's awesome that she's like an astrophysicist or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, you know she's she's doing her research and that's so important to her and stuff. Um, but like ultimately, she is a marginal figure to the. Thor story right Right.
1: the, the story um, is called thor and not
2: right <laughs> natalie
1: portman's character in thor
2: right um and you know the same with um uh i mean pepper potts right mm-hmm. um who's become and i'm sure it has to do with like the availability of gwyneth paltrow but who like really does not show up a ton um in any of the movies other than the iron man movies but she's like constantly sort of referenced in the Avengers movies and otherwise mm-hmm. um, as this important presence, but she doesn't have to be there.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, and so I what? don't know. It's just, it just feels like you get a, you get a, it's a waste. It's a waste of like talented actresses and it's a waste of, uh, you know, ideas for really good characters. That's why I was really into when they gave uh, Peggy Carter her own show. Cause oh, yeah. she's awesome. Um, and it, and it really like, gave her a chance to be really awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I totally forgot about that. Uh,
2: Two short-lived was, seasons, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah, she had to fall off into an iceberg. Uh, we kind of knew how that story <laughs> was, go- was going to end. So... What? so the- <laughs> She does
2: not fall into an iceberg. <laughs> she, yeah, no, she just uh,
1: fell off... She fell off into the ravages of old time and creeping Alzheimer's.
2: Yeah, I mean she just she, she got married to someone else and got old. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean but that is a good point in the sense of yeah and then that brings us back to the terrible one which was um, Captain America and Sharon Carter, who's Peggy Carter's granddaughter or grandniece or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and in Winter Soldier, which is the movie where they introduce her, right? And then in uh, um Civil War. Civil War is where they like have that like weird kiss.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and it just felt so like they're like, Oh, he hasn't made out with a girl in a while. 4, so we better make sure years. that happens.
1: Right. Especially <laughs> since this is civil war, aka the movie where everyone's fighting over Captain's boyfriend.
2: Yeah. I mean and it's just like it's a very like testosterone movie and so like, oh, we know there's not enough like female presence. So well we've got Scarlet Witch and we've got uh Natasha. And I guess we got Sharon Carter. Cool. Okay. Done. Right. Um, I mean, or like you know, people complained about the, um, uh, Natasha and Bruce, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, is is there just like a kind of a flattening to the? I mean, it's like it's like they only really know how to write one type of love story, I guess. Uh, so whenever there's like both both halves of the equation in the same room, like the writers marvel writers haven't figured out how to break out of that mold
2: yeah i don't know i'm not sure what it is and the thing is like i i love romance um i was after the first avengers movie i was like oh my god i think that uh um what's her name black Black widow Widow. i was like black widow and hulk should totally date like i was into the concept Mm -hmm. um but then i just feel like the 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 movies themselves fail to be romantic um Mm -hmm. or they are but it's like this sort of very short-lived captured thing so like you know i think there's like romance in uh in the first captain america movie with peggy carter but it's like necessarily the short-lived thing and it's not this isn't marvel but in wonder woman right i thought Mm -hmm. that was like a a really well-done romance but it was also necessarily sort of this like doomed romance
1: right because like fundamentally it's about the main character uh fighting aliens or whatever.
2: Right. And in Wonder Woman, that was obviously, like, pretty satisfying because it's always, like, fun when you sort of get the reverse and you get, like, a dude killed off to...
1: Yeah. Uh, I, actually, I still haven't seen Wonder Woman, oh, actually. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I mean, I'm sure that's not, like, a major... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to... I feel like it's funny just because what you said about that mimics kind of a Um And this is not a spoiler because he does not mm-hmm. die. But, like, um, the... The male character uh, kind of acts as this, like, like he's just there to be like he's like the the movie's like establishes that he's smart and affable and whatever, but he's like mm-hmm. so clearly sidelined. Yeah, has um, like is this the, the
2: Jeremy Renner character?
1: I you know you know you know better than to ask okay. me that. Fair enough. Um. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, it's like the movie does like the whole, yeah, like he's competent and he knows his way around and he's funny and he's sensitive and whatever the movie's about um the woman.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's you know, it it's it's a refreshing change of pace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Definitely. Um, uh, okay. So romances. What what does not work we... is trying to shoehorn a romance into fifteen minutes of a two and a half hour movie about Punching aliens.
2: Yeah, if it's not... I guess it's just, like, if it's not sort of organically part of how characters are connecting, then it doesn't feel earned. It just feels like you're checking a box. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, if characters are organically connecting and, like, therefore they fall in love, awesome. I think I don't have any issue with that. Um, And I'm not, like, mad when they just sort of check the romance box, but it does, you know, it does start to feel very, um, I, I don't know, like, mechanical. Like, it's right. just like, okay, and this is the part where, you know, he's got to kiss the girl.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's, uh, so, like, how much work goes into establishing romance, I guess, because, like, kind of what we're saying right now is that the Marvel movies don't don't put in enough work, uh, and therefore, like, the romances they do don't uh, don't feel earned, is there an example just kind of off the top of your head of a movie that kind of, um, that's doesn't foreground the romantic element, but does sort of like work it in. Like I'm kind of thinking about it. And like a lot of the examples I'm coming up are TV shows or like books where like these things can Mm -hmm. sort of simmer for like a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like Sleepy Hollow where we are ultimately betrayed by the writers after three seasons. After
2: building a beautiful love story. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. um yeah i mean it's a good question i mean i don't think it's fair to compare like a marvel movie to something like um say like brokeback mountain right okay yeah or
1: call me by your name or
2: right which are these like well i haven't *Call me by your name but yeah exactly like um movies that are intended to be these like very beautiful moving intense love stories Mm -hmm. so i think like scaling back from that but movies where yeah exactly where it's sort of like there's romance, but it's more of like an adventure comedy. Um, I really liked the romance in The Man from U.N.C.L.E. Did you see The Man from U.N.C.L.E.? No, I didn't. Um, it was... It's a really fun movie. Um, and in that, it's the, the romance is very... Um, two characters have to sort of do the classic pretend... They're pretend engaged. Um, <laughs> and... And there's just like a lot of chemistry between them and some sexual tension that's unresolved that will hopefully be resolved in a sequel. Um, so it didn't even really come to anything. Um, mm-hmm. It was just sort of like there um, and like I was I was kind of into that one'm um,
0: sure there are there
2: there are others um, so i think I, I think it can be done um. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly am not going to be like no romance ever, uh,
1: <laughs> right? So, but, so like there's there's ways to set it up, but it requires kind of like a yeah. more delicate, or not even delicate, but just like a more under like a better understanding.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is like ultimately, if you think about the the romances, at least for me, if I think about the, um, the, the the relationships that I get invested in you know, there, there is a time commitment to it. Um, so it is, it is kind of hard to over the course of two hours, two and a half hours to really sell me on relationship for me to really like feel it deep down, unless that is the sole thing the movie is trying to do basically. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, right. And and like, I, I feel like maybe part of it's also these specific kinds of, uh, like interactions, the interactions that, that sell uh, romance and love um, sometimes don't exist. Like, I, I guess, like for Marvel movies, they, they're kind of like on the opposite end of the spectrum for like actions that show off how cool you are. Um, or like the, the slow, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what are some, I guess, like going back, like what are some, some ways I guess this works for you? Like, what are some tropes that kind of help you, help sell romance to you?
2: In movies or just in general
1: i guess uh i guess in movies, and then we can move from that into like a more general exploration on like what is love
2: um, oh oh good
1: <laughs> a very small and self contained
2: god i'm trying to the problem is i don't watch very many movies except you know i watch romantic comedy, so like yeah i i, I the things that um get me invested tend to be um
1: misunderstandings and well it's running into each other with like a bunch of papers and then dropping them and
2: I mean to me I'm less there I'm not that particular about the the romantic comedy tropes um so much as I'm I'm really into um building chemistry and sort of building history Mm -hmm. and this is true probably across media and across sort of genres um so like i'm less interested in a romantic comedy that's about like love at first sight or whatever mm-hmm. um with the exception being um love actually imagine me and you
1: oh okay
2: <laughs> which is the the beautiful uh lesbian romantic comedy with piper perabo and lena Headey, cersei lannister
1: oh really
2: yeah oh have have you not watched it I think i watched it with you okay watch it it's really good um (laughs) okay but it it does have the premise of love at first sight um
1: no there's always like the the very classic like the love at first sight and then you just like don't see each other for 20 years and yeah they they become the one that got away
2: i hate that i hate um when the (laughs) this happens in books a lot where it's like it's the it's the classic like who did it like Dante thing right where it's like you see this girl when you're young and you're like oh that is the girl that is the ideal I love her so much she is the perfection whatever and it just becomes this like idealized fantasy this happens in the goldfinch I don't know if I've complained about the goldfinch on this podcast but the not goldfinch on this podcast is a, oh there's a book <laughs> that pissed me off because it was almost a very good book but it wasn't mm. um but yeah, so th- that's like the kind of thing that I find annoying, or like when there's no sense of people actually knowing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't have any movie thoughts in my head. Okay, sorry, sorry. I don't mean to like put you <laughs> I, on the spot. I, I, I don't know. What about you?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is kind of reminded me of kind of the best uh, romance movie I've ever seen, which would be...
2: In the uh, Mood for Love.
1: In the Mood for Love. Yes. How did you know?
2: because you've said it before i know i remember
1: okay okay oh i'm so mad that we didn't get to see it because it's so beautiful um but it is like it is such like a romance drama movie of just like these two people kind of who are in love with each other and like just like drifting in and out and like they're not sure like you know they're married or whatever so they're like should we be having this affair should we not like we need to stop seeing each other and like with like gorgeous cinematography. And, um, I think that, I mean, for that, I mean, that was just something that I felt really just like the kind of people who clearly have a lot of chemistry with each other. And then just like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like doomed in a way that's like almost like, um, these like orbits that are like bringing them together and then like flinging them apart permanently. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, that's the stuff that, I like, like, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, like, I'm very into. That's just, like, the reason I...
2: <laughs> the sad <laughs> shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess just maybe born out of, like, a persistent skepticism that, like, the non-sad shit exists in real life. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is kind of the reason I, I was drawn to when Marnie was there. Um, from the trailers, you know, it, it looked like the classic, like, girl falls in love with a ghost and the ghost leaves. <laughs> yeah it didn't you know, look the, like the, that the the classic and... oh god and then yeah. we were betrayed in the most horrible fashion Effort. we will there are spoilers for when marnie was there coming up at some point because i'm going to yell at yell about it for like a solid 20 minutes um <laughs> i i saw uh jordan Aim, which is like this like kind of sappy uh anime movie that was like got kind of big about like uh, a man and a woman who are, like, or a girl and a boy who are, like, swapping bodies for some reason that they can't figure out and then, like, but they Ooh. don't know who the other person is and there's a lot of stuff in the movie that, like, worked and a lot of stuff that, like, I was disappointed in. didn't, like, the girl, um, while, while she's in the other guy, in the guy's body, uh, she, like, successively managed to, like, flirt and, like, get into a relationship with, like, his boss or something. Whoa. Or something and i was like wow so like is so, she like is she bi like i think this is like i mean that would be kind of interesting twist to like the fairly standard like romance or whatever um, yeah
2: but what are the ethics of getting into a relationship with somebody when you're in their somebody else's body
1: yeah i mean it's it's murky and it it's is murky, murky and i think <laughs> at best at, <laughs> at best it's murky um i know that she, uh well i mean he wanted to like date her but like she was like the the cool boss or whatever but okay she was she actually managed to like planned the deal
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and it's kind of funny like they communicate with each other by like writing in their like cell phones like notes of like Well i was in your body on this day i did x and y so like don't act surprised
0: mm-hmm.
1: um anyways so that was and that was also like another that ended up almost being like you know torn apart by the by the winds of fate i don't know i mean yeah, I mean, I guess I, that is kind of the thing I'm a sucker for.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fair that's, enough.
1: I, I mean, there are, there are like... definitely,
2: like, beautiful romances that I have enjoyed that are sad. Um, and certainly, like, when I read books that have beautiful romances, they tend to be sad. I just, for me, movies, it's the short length. Um, mm-hmm. It's It's not... Sad, the sadness isn't as satisfying as it is when you've devoted you know like hundreds of pages to it or right. many many episodes or whatever
1: <laughs> well I feel like is there a TV show where like they tease a romance for many many is that The Office or something
2: finish your thought
1: okay it was like they tease a romance for like many many seasons and then they like ultimately don't go through with it
2: no The Office didn't do that
1: There's, um, one, I feel like there was one where like pam and jet
2: jim and pam get together in like the third season they get oh. married and have babies
1: oh what am i thinking of then
2: i don't i don't know what you're okay. thinking of. okay maybe it was like... um on cheers there there was like an on and off again relationship kind of at the the center of it and oh, they wait. ended up not getting they ended up not staying together
1: um i guess like part of it maybe was a uh, new girl kind of had them. To... It will she or won't she with Nick and I mm-hmm. guess I heard that thing about um Buffy the Vampire Slayer where some woman gets her soul like permanently sucked out of her or something
2: what? I right? have no idea what you're talking about like
1: there's apparently there's like this famous episode in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where like two people we've been rooting for to get together finally get together but then she like opens a box and her soul turns to ash and she's like replaced by like a demon or a seraphim or whatever and then
2: oh yeah. No, that's on Angel. Angel. I barely okay. remember this, but yeah, okay, that that happened. Um I mean, yeah, I guess um I think it's definitely much more common for things to be teased and then happen at some point. Whether right. whether they happen successfully is kind of more of the question, right? Yeah. So that yeah, was yeah, sort yeah. of that was sort of the uh like the Nick Jess case, right.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: where they get together, um, the end of season two break up the end of season three. And then for several seasons, we did not know, I think two seasons, um, we, there was really no indication of whether they would end up together or not. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had faith and my faith was rewarded. (laughs) but, um, but it really wasn't a a sure thing at all. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and maybe we're i guess i guess we are seeing like more like slow burn kind of things i mean i know i mean like crazy ex-girlfriend kind of turns the trope on its head right like yeah even from the very beginning it's about uh this like horrible but very romantic comedy like i'm gonna drop everything and move to this town for this crush i haven't seen since like 16 yeah and then the rest of it kind of like explores like how that's a bad idea
2: right um Exactly. It's a bad idea, and, but, like, and and she repeatedly sort of feels like, oh, if she can just find love, that'll fix everything. She just needs to fit into some kind of romantic trope, and this will all work out. Um, and, you know, basically has to realize, no, that's, that's not going to help.
1: Yeah, it's not going to help, and it's not going to happen.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Um, so, but... Oh, no, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, so it's, like, about the slow burn.
2: For me, it's about the slow burn. Um, I I mean, really, it's just about the, the, the relationship feeling earned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, in New Girl, Nick and Jess, to me, is, like, a perfect relationship. It starts with early chemistry. They continue to get closer. They become very good friends. They're clearly attracted to each other. They struggle with whether they should act on it. They do. They date. They break up, but they continue to be friends. um, And sort of like we we earn them falling back in love and like right. um,
1: Like they have that first like we're madly in love with each other and they like get together, but then they like break off because break up. And then there's like a second stage of like getting to know each other deeply and
2: right because they they break up because um, I mean it's sort of a silly breakup because it kind of felt like they just, the show felt like they needed to happen. Um, But I think ultimately I kind of came around to it because they break up because they're, they're just so different and they can't really like figure out how they could have a future together um, Mm -hmm. because Jess has like much more of a sense of wanting to have things planned and figured out. And Nick is Nick and a total just disaster. (laughs) Um, And, and so what ends up happening over the next few seasons is both just learning to appreciate Nick being how he is, but Nick also kind of like growing up a little bit, um, right. and, and starting to sort of figure out what he wants to do. And he's still like a total goofball. Um, but he is a goofball who does something with his life.
0: Mm-hmm. Who's uh, anchored?
2: Yeah. Um, so, so that like them getting together feels like, okay, they're, they're ready now. Like this is going to work. Um, I was going to say the mini project did something similar as well
1: yeah, yeah i was going to i was i thought i felt like that was gonna be uh something i wanted to mention because it did seem like uh that kind of is a good way to sell it um and i wanted to say that brooklyn nine nine kind of did this too with amy and jake mm-hmm. uh where like and i think i and i think one of the things I like about brooklyn nine nine is how um it it's it's much more than like an opposite to track kind of thing like they they make sure to work it into the writing frequently like the ways they bounce off of each other yeah um and the way yeah
2: no i totally agree i think like it could have been such a a a shallow opposites attract thing um or like the 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 class clown pulling the nerd girls pigtails or whatever yeah um and it was sort of set up to be that in the beginning and then it just like very quickly transformed into something much more interesting and and sweet and and deeper.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like there there's like the such a classic and boring trope of like Yeah, it's just like he's the disaster and she's the fixer.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. And she has to fix him. And that, that is that is a trope and it um I mean I think that that was one of the things I liked about New Girl was like they sort of tried that and it like did not work. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was Jess was being sort of overbearing and um, kind of stepping outside her lane when she was trying to fix Nick. But on the, at the same time, like it was clear she had the right to not want to be with somebody who was that much of a disaster. Um, So like Nick kind of had to put himself together.
1: Um, Before, before he was like, yeah, before And I think that's a good, even for a show kind of as silly as New Girl. Yeah, I think that's like a very solid way to approach it. That's not um, like stuff that's less successful. Daenerys is the one. Oh yeah, is is the classic the classic
2: failed TV romance? Um, Yeah, so John and Daenerys. What 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 is there to say about John and Daenerys? What, what
1: is there to say about John and Daenerys that you haven't already said?
2: So, perfectly
1: and practicing publicly?
2: this with, I have uh, been reading a lot of theories lately about why this romance was intentionally a flop. Uh, and I that just that boy, just seems
1: like you're giving a lot of credit I, to I the know, writers. I know, I
2: know, I um, know. But you know, I gotta wait till 2019 for this shit. So <laughs> hope springs eternal. Um, because they're, they're just, I find John's actions completely inexplicable. Okay. So let's talk about John and Daenerys. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. First of all, no chemistry. Chemistry is like, to me, such an important aspect of a relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of the things that like gets you invested in something, whether you kind of like mean to or not. Um, I mean, I feel like. A classic example of this is uh on the borgias when oh
1: god the yeah. two characters
2: who played siblings had like insane chemistry to the point that the audience like lobbied for them to have an incestuous relationship and they d- did um yeah but
1: i feel like uh, john just like has more chemistry with like gendry anyone? or
2: anyone like, yeah
1: Tyrion <laughs> than he does with daenerys
2: yeah um so there's no there's yeah like whatever sort of acting is going on it does not feel okay like Daenerys is doing like hard eyes at Jon I'm getting that Jon does not seem to be emoting
1: oh heart eyes
2: heart eyes sorry
1: okay I thought you said like hard eyes like she's like really er. really going for those eyes uh no um double down (laughs) like the KFC double down eyes
2: uh but yeah, like John doesn't seem to be emoting really, like attraction or affection. Um,
1: no, nor does it make any sense for him. I mean, this. The, no, the why wouldn't he? This, yeah, because he he like sees in Daenerys. This, okay, sorry, this is like Game of Thrones theory power hour, but like, yeah, because he sees in Daenerys the same kind of person he saw in Cersei, like this kind of um, ego maniacal, unearned ruler who just like came in and who's only successful because she has like three dragons.
2: Yeah, I mean, like. He knows nothing about Daenerys, like really. So like, he doesn't know, he has no reason to believe that she is good. Uh, I mean, I don't think we as an audience have that much reason to believe that anymore either, but that's another story. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, yeah, not to mention he's her prisoner. Like, she holds him captive on this island and he's just like, Hey, I just wanna go home. Like, my family's there. I just found out my brother and sister who I thought were dead are alive. But you need me to not do that, apparently, because I have to prove to you and prove to Cersei that there are ice zombies. Like right. if you wanna be the ruler, then you know, pull a Stannis and just, you know, take care of your realm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um so, like, yeah, I, I guess I've been reading a lot of, like, compelling uh, theories and stuff lately that are exactly about that. About, like, it seems crazy that John would be into Daenerys. Um, and, like, the thing that would have been convincing would be, like, but they had overwhelmingly good chemistry. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Um, <sighs> so it's very, it's just a bad romance. And not in the fun Lady Gaga mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> Um, and not,
1: it's not a fun disaster romance. It's just not It's It's just romance. very
2: underwhelming um, and confusing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's weird because I do feel like Jon has better chemistry with nearly everybody else. I feel like Daenerys has better chemistry with nearly everybody else.
1: Yeah, it was Daenerys, Yara, I was on, I was on that ship. Daenerys
2: Yara. Like, when Daenerys, I mean, I don't know if it's a romantic chemistry, but, like, any chemistry. Like, Daenerys and Tyrion, like, have a lot of chemistry with oh, yeah. yeah in scenes together. Um, and then it's just like Daenerys and Jon on screen. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a nap.
1: I guess, I guess that's kind of like unique, like unique limitations, I guess, of live action. Uh, whether talking about movies or TV is that if the actors don't sell it, then it's just like, is, is so flat.
2: Yeah. I heard that was an issue with the Fifty Shades of Grey movies.
1: <laughs> really? I only,
2: I only saw the first one.
1: Uh, because it's like it's something you can't really cgi in after right. the fact
2: right like you just can't you can't fake chemistry and it just seems to me like if they knew that like john and daenerys was gonna be this like big epic romance that we thought it was going to be like wouldn't they have like tested for that chemistry before i don't know and i see seen actors together sometime like in interviews and they seem to have chemistry then so it's very confusing to me. It's just it's, very confusing.
1: It's because they're just wearing it's it's all the outfit and the wig and everything. <laughs> Maybe. Like it just really weighs them down. Uh, There's but can't I'm stop gonna, thinking.
2: I'm gonna hold hold to my the undercover lover theory for now while I can.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, Wait.
2: Yeah. Well I mean I think I think what I'm I'm getting at is for me at least, um I just am not into a romance that doesn't feel like it really has history to it um and that doesn't mean that history can't be sort of faked in a movie like I don't think you need to be the length of a several years long running tv show to to have history um but I do think it's it's sort of one of the things that makes a romance more compelling to me it's just like is there a sense of a deep history between two people um and so not only do John and Daenerys not have that but like mm-hmm. there's really no sense of them building right like does it feel like they've spent a lot of time together i mean presumably in the timing of the show which makes no sense uh it's been a few months at least but like it doesn't yeah feel like that um there's no sense of them building <laughs> history together um so like when I think of the 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 most successful romances it's ones or at least the ones that I I like it's the ones where it feels like there's that sense of history or you can sort of like go in real time with with them sort of coming to know each other and coming to learn each other so like mm-hmm. I mean Jane Austen's a cliche at this point but like Pride and Prejudice is a great book for a reason and a great romance <laughs> for a reason yeah. like um, mm-hmm. And it is about sort of like every step of the way, sort of slowly people falling in love with each other um, over mm-hmm. time. And um, that's like
1: Uprooted by Naomi Novik also kind of had that.
2: Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. But yeah, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it did have that. Um, I mean, Captive Prince, it's like...
1: Yeah, Captive Prince, the classic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: whatever else you might say about it. Um, like I really, it's a very beautifully... Uh, evolved romance that happens um you know kind of over the span of of time and it mm-hmm. feels very earned it really should not feel earned like i should not be accepting of the fact that these people fall in love but i i do it, but you it, do and that's it, a
1: testament to
2: to something they did something uh oh, to the author at the very least <laughs> yeah no <laughs> yeah. It, to the author yeah um and then when i think about uh the kinds of uh, you know ships or whatever that I would go to the bat for it, it is ones that I feel like have a deep history and that feels like that's why they work mm-hmm. so I don't know
1: so, I'm sure so,
2: most people feel that way
1: yeah yeah I mean I'm sure I guess it's like it's just something that we deal with so intimately and so personally um, mm-hmm. romance is like reflecting our own lives and you know not to get all like psychoanalytical about it or i I don't even know that's not (laughs) even the right word like it's just the fact that like um reading about romances is is a way to like reflect on your own wants from love and from life uh in a way that's like i don't know that's not uh, that's like reading a cookbook isn't about like well i mean is kind of about what you want to eat (laughs)
2: uh yeah and i mean like you know due respect to the late great victor hugo but uh like people seeing each other in a park and being like whoa you're hot isn't like the most compelling romance i mean i love Cosette and Mar- marius because they're both just so silly but
1: <laughs> two disasters
2: but like you know like the most interesting relationships in that book um slash musical slash movie whatever you want to do it uh, right. are not it's not them. I mean, I think they do have an interesting relationship, but like, and it's not Marius and Eponine either. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. But it's, it's you know, it's like absolutely Javert and Jean Valjean. Javert and Jean
2: Valjean, right? Like, they of have course, this yeah. Incredible history. Um. So, yeah, I I don't know. I just think there's something very satisfying about um, people who go back a long time, right, and who you mm-hmm. you know will go forward together a long time, right
1: yeah like this this like unrolling of uh i mean part of it's like the, the standard like dramatic tension like will they won't they um like they did now they didn't mm-hmm. uh that kind of thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and part of it's just like this uh the comforting idea of like someone who knows someone else so well um but loves them in a romantic way of regardless i guess um it's it's very comforting uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean
2: often not even regardless but because of no of it, person yeah that's so fair, well. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah i mean and and that is it and i think like there's i don't know i lost my train of thought i was gonna say something about x-men <laughs> but uh,
1: magneto and charles javier yeah Jr.?
2: Yeah, I just like um, the very first scene of the very first X-Men movie is just them um, like talking and without knowing anything about them. It's just like this. You just like get a sense of their relationship and it's like mm-hmm. really interesting and satisfying and I'm like, oh, I get why people ship this. Um, and then I remember seeing the new movie where they like just meet and it was so much more boring. <laughs> <laughs> To me, and, like, that was the one that got everyone shipping them because they were, like, so hot. Um, but, yeah, I was I was much more interested in the Ian McKellen and uh, Patrick Stewart versions. Yeah. That's a sidebar, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like you, you've you seen some shit together. Yeah. Um... I
2: mean, I, 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 I joke about it, but, like, I really do think, like, a lot of the things that I, like, ship or that I feel, like, Things I feel really passionate about in terms of romance, like really do fit into that uh Steven Universe, that song from the from Steven Universe, Do It for Her, or the thing you dream about the life together you'll have after the war.
1: Yeah, well I mean it, it's such a good line. It's
2: a great it's line.
1: Such a good song. I was just listening re-listening it to the to it the other day and it's kind of like, you're teaching a child a lesson. <laughs> you're yeah. teaching Connie. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, um,
2: but like to me, that is like that is the romantic shit. The romantic shit is uh dreaming of the life you'll have together after the war you're like going through the mud now,
1: uh-huh. but then
2: there's this like you know you'll get you together <laughs> you're going
1: through the mud um, uh, so what about the good place? I was thinking that's because like it is it is also yeah. similar and and like i mean we yeah, have i mean it is very similar um but it's interesting thinking about the relationship between Eleanor and Chidi. And like the, the kind of, the way that it's strange going into the second season, and these are these are there's going to be some good place spoilers coming up, and there it's a it's a big spoiler, so yeah, keep know, yeah, <laughs> turn off this podcast. Um, but I think part of it's like with the resets in the second season, yeah, uh, that's definitely extra weird, and I think it's really interesting, like when Shidi says "I love you." it's not in a, in a loop that we've seen. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, it's, it's like this, it happens off screen. And then like, also Eleanor and Chidi don't have any memory of it. Right. So it's like this kind of like extremely weird, like what's going on kind of situation. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, it's a deep history that neither of them has access to. Um, And it's, it's, it is really fascinating to me, the relationship. Um, because I think like every time, right. The idea is like every time they start building some kind of like relationship together. Um, but the fact that it gets knocked aside over and over and over again, um, and they have to start anew um, and then ultimately sort of, they know like, okay, we have this past, but it's a past that we have, like, we don't know it. We mm-hmm. can't feel that past. Um, I was just rewatching um I'm uh we're we're watching the second place or second season of the good place, um with my our old housemates. Uh your old housemates.
1: <laughs> my uh, old housemates, your current housemates. My current
2: housemates. Uh so I've seen the second season, but I'm watching it with them. And we just watched the episode where they um are, you know, trying to get onto the the balloon that will supposedly oh. take them to the good place. Um and they're, they're being sort of tested. And at one point, you know, Eleanor is like, I am not the best version of myself because the best version of myself was that version who was like open and vulnerable and could say, I love you. Um, she was the best version of me, uh, not even sort of knowing anything about that version, but just, um, I I don't know. I, Mm -hmm. I, I I just always thought like that, that, That that bit always just kind of hurts a little bit. It's <laughs> real it's real. Uh, yeah. On the on the I don't know. On a deep personal level. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I got I got you, Eleanor. I got you. Um I don't know. And then with the end of season 2, right? Um this sense of here it's happening again, right? But it's Yeah. New this time. Um
1: and it's like messier this time too. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think it, it was such an interesting and now yeah. It was such an interesting thing for the for the good places because we kind of got this um and we kind of foreground it towards the end of season two where it's like, yeah, of course all of these people are kind of working together, it's because they kind of have no other choice. Mm-hmm. Um and like we see eleanor back in like the real world with like one million thousand distractions. Right and it's like will will it like happen again and then we're like generally like really it's like really intense when she's finally in the same room as Chidi except like you know it's like Chidi is a professor he has responsibilities he's like you know and so does Eleanor kind of like they're not in a magic box where all of their needs are taken care of except for you know they're being like experimented upon
2: yeah except for that uh but you know, it's interesting because in that uh the episode that I just rewatched, um when Eleanor tells Chidi that she does have feelings for him and uh that's when he's like, you know he talks about how his brain is like uh making the sound of the, oh, yeah. the garbage disposal. <laughs> yeah. Uh which is just so good.
1: Extremely um, relatable. But he
2: says he says, um, you know, oh I wish we just met like, you know, in a normal way. Like after a philosophy lecture or at a conference about oh. philosophy, or if you came to my office to talk about philosophy or ethics. Oh my God. I totally forgot about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, that's what happens. Um, yeah.
1: It's <laughs> so great.
2: I know. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really, I, I love Eleanor and Chidi. It's like fun. Cause I'm not going to lie. The, the show's also <laughs> got me on that, uh, eleanor tahani vote as well but uh i think you know eleanor and chidi are the i
1: i'm very much like i really want to find out oh sorry sorry nothing no no i i agree like they're (laughs) ot3 oh my god Mm -hmm. um but i am very much i i want to see how she meets tahani and jason i guess in um and whether Michael has staged similar angelic interventions or whatever,
2: right? Because uh, Tawny and Jason would have made zero improvement without <laughs> without Eleanor right, and Chidi, yeah. right? Like,
1: yeah, it, it was definitely like kind of, um, and I think for them, like they they had to be around both Eleanor and Chidi. yeah. Because
2: uh, Eleanor and, has to be the forceful one,
1: <laughs> yeah. And Jason, honestly, I'm not really sure if Jason has learned all that much. <laughs> um yeah he's he's he kind learned of a to love he learned to love he fell in love with a robot She's not a robot She's not a robot that's right very very explicit on that
2: mm-hmm. um yeah so love, I think, love love
1: love 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 uh, i think it's and i think it's interesting that like these are specific or at least the versions we've talked about like you said are ones with history and with like like drifting apart and coming back together Mm -hmm. and it's not something that like really is available to us I guess as like in like real life I suppose it's like basically we're throwing ourselves at uh, or at least I'm throwing myself at like online dating services and you know just being like (laughs) oh
2: yeah pretty much (laughs)
1: And, and there is like this like man what if we could just like and I think maybe that's part of the reason like I'm so skeptical of Uh, love stories or that like work on first sight or whatever just because I'm like I don't believe that I don't believe in that I don't believe that Mm -hmm. works I don't like you know know, I'm like bitter I'm bitter and cynical
2: (laughs) I mean I I agree though um I mean I think that's it's hard too the reason why online dating feels so um or at least it can feel so pointless is like it's these people with whom you just have, there's, there's nothing. You don't even have like mutual friends. You don't have whatever. There's like nothing that is rooting you to the same world. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that feels weird and not like what we think of love as being. Um, yeah. And, no, that's and, a great point. and at the same time, like we don't like, you don't want to put in the work to try and make something happen with somebody that you don't feel some kind of spark with or whatever, but I don't know Mm -hmm. if I believe in the spark. (laughs) I've not had a first date where I felt the spark. Tell you that much. But I don't, I don't know. I not to go back to game of Thrones, but um, (laughs) I I think a lot about not that I am advocating uh, for (laughs) marriages to be like they are in game of Thrones. Terrible, terrible idea. But um, I think a lot about uh, what uh, Catelyn says about her marriage to Ned. I don't know if she says it in the show or in the books, um, But she says it's like they, they built their love like over the years, like brick by brick or stone by mm-hmm. stone. Um, and like until it had like a strong foundation. Um, and I just like I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I don't know. Yeah, it seems it seems inaccessible to me, but. Yeah. Now we're just talking to talking about our own personal problems.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think part of it is also like what like what are the relationships we have in our lives that could have that kind of history, right? And like Mm -hmm. the truth is like, you know, as much as I love the sort of like friends to lovers trope, like generally, probably by the time you're our age, you know, if you want to like be in love with your friend or not <laughs> and like yeah, yeah. if you it, ended it sent... up on not then you're kind of like screwed you're like okay well i'm not in love with my friend so <laughs> i guess i have to like meet a new person and yeah. that sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah
1: i mean it's 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 like if you if you had a, like a childhood friend that you fell in love with you are probably married to them at this point yeah. uh, i
2: don't know maybe who knows
1: Maybe. I don't know or, anybody or... who's
2: actually married.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just thinking about like John and Lindsay, but
2: oh, your friends, yeah,
1: yeah, my friends, um, or well, hmm. I guess how long? Did... Okay, I, now we're, I'm going to stop myself from like speculating deeply about yeah, how long.
2: Let's not speculate deeply <laughs> about our friends on a podcast
1: on a public podcast.
2: Okay, I don't know. Do we want to say anything else about love? I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about love in the future. Yeah, um, we'll
1: we'll probably end up like I feel like there, we, there's a lot of space for like, um, like we said there, I have idea for a shipping episode or at least i I feel like Molly would do really well in one yeah, of those. Yeah. Uh, about about like how people fall in love or how shipping. Yeah. And uh, different
2: like tropes and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I
2: think,
1: yeah, and we have a rom com one, and we did a Christmas romance one. But anyways, we have we have more we have more in the pipes.
2: Yeah. Um. Uh, and, and we'll talk about other stuff too. Oh, sometimes we should talk about like enemies too. Okay, anyway. Oh,
1: yeah, frenemies or yeah, frenemies. Fren- well, frenemies
2: like... can fall under we can do enemies and frenemies.
1: H- hate shipping.
2: Hate shipping. Um or, okay. Or whatever. Uh Yeah, so we'll talk about love some more in the future, but um
1: it's near yeah. and dear to our hearts.
2: It, it is. Near and dear and so unfamiliar. Um, <laughs> Okay, sorry. Um <laughs> Alright. Uh so what have you been uh uh feeding or watching or doing or whatever the past yeah couple weeks? <laughs> since you moved so, back.
1: Yeah, so since I moved back, I've uh so I recently read The Prince and the Dressmaker by um let me actually make sure I get her name right. I think it's Jen Wang, but let me um uh which is about a prince that likes wearing dresses. Yeah, Jen Wang um and hires like a, a dressmaker to like do stuff for him and it's like really sweet uh but it's like also yeah i mean it's really sweet it's like straightforward but uh unique and nice um i also play it celeste which is like this hard, like kind of a hardcore platformer game on the switch um which i also enjoyed a lot like i think i think it's like a lot about like twitch you know you know, perfect execution of like jumps and double and dashes and wall jumps and stuff. But the but the music's really good and like the story is like very sincere in a way that's like like story actually makes a difference. Uh it's not just like here's a bunch of levels, let's you know, just do them or whatever. Um and it's about like a woman, uh who's like determined to scale this like Mount Celeste, basically. Uh because of like because she's just sort of like i need like i hate myself and i need to change and like this is the only way i know how to do it um and i think that's and i think it's a strong kind of um starting point like it's it's not just like yeah it's not just like be a real gamer and like <laughs> real gamer know how to jump and kick their way through like 20 punishing levels or whatever <laughs> Um, and then I also got, uh, I borrowed a book called Get in Trouble by Kelly Link from someone, uh, which is a collection of short stories. And I just started on that one. So I'll probably have more to talk, speak about that next, next podcast.
2: Sounds good. Um, I've just been doing a lot of reading for class, uh, which is not super exciting, but, um, I, let me think. I, uh re-read Valette by Charlotte Bronte. Oh, speaking of uh, love stories with, like, slow burn and, like, they part and they come back together. Jane Eyre. I mean, problematic as hell, but boy, do I love Jane Eyre. Anyway. Oh, uh... I
1: want to see Phantom Thread, because I hear a lot of comparisons between that and Jane Eyre. Really? Yeah.
2: Oh. I've not heard anything about Phantom Thread except that it's good. I don't even know what it's about. I assume sewing or something.
1: Surprisingly... It does not appear to be that, but I don't want to spoil it for you.
2: Okay, well, um, yeah, I haven't seen any of the movies that everyone says you need to see yet, so <laughs> that'll happen. Um, anyway, I so reading for class that so I, I reread Villette, um, which is really good. It's a really, really unique, strange book. Um, and then I'm currently reading a book called No Name by Wilkie Collins, which is sort of a, a sensation novel of Victorian sensation novel, um, where, a, a young woman is on a quest for revenge. Uh, and in order to pay her way, she's become an actress.
1: Oh, <laughs> which is very hoping, scandalous. Yeah. I was hoping she became an assassin.
2: No, that would be too scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those, what else? Um, oh, I just read for another class. I just read, um, a book called George Washington Gomez, which mm-hmm. uh I cannot remember who it's by, but it was really I think it was really good. It was I read it all yesterday. I, I got really into it. <laughs> nice. Um and it was like it was very heartfelt. Um and like I, I felt very it's it's about sort of a a, a young boy um growing up in the um 30s in uh texas like well in like texas that had been mexico um Mm -hmm. and uh he's he's mexican and sort of like negotiating his identity as mexican as american um and yeah it was it was it was really good i think oh cool i feel like it was really good um (laughs) Uh, I'm not super into like you know I'm very into like girlhood as a concept and not so much into boyhood but I think this was a very good book about boyhood um, and then other than that I don't know um, I've been reading a whole bunch of articles but I don't think be- <laughs> oh yeah yeah I've been reading articles and like critical theory and stuff but um, I won't get into that. And I think that's it. Rewatching The Good Place. I'm uh, doing another okay. watch of... Or I'm like, starting over with Steven Universe. Um, mm.
1: Season 5 is wild.
2: Okay, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. And then... What else? And I'm still watching Frasier. So that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty... Uh, I can't take too much stimulus from... TV, it's got to be real, like.
1: Okay. Sorry. It sounds, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it me sounds like it's
2: your bedtime at six thirty p.m. <laughs>
1: no. Oh god. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I'm going to eat dinner and I'll make some cookies.
2: All right. Well, have fun. Um, should we do our sign-off stuff?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think okay.
2: so. Um, I mean, we can keep just like planning our lives over the microphone, but I think people are probably not that interested in that. Um, well,
1: <laughs> probably not, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, okay, well, you can... Thank you for listening. You Thanks can... for
1: sticking around, honestly. Yeah, if you,
2: if you did, if you still are. Um, follow us. You can follow us on Twitter, at StoryGutsCast. Um, you can follow me at the Molly Jean. That's M O L Y J E A N N E.
1: Uh, and you can follow me at Alonculus, A-L-O-N-K-U-L-O-U-S.
2: Oh, yeah, you got it.
1: It's because I can bring it up on my computer oh. and look at it.
2: <laughs> um. Uh, you can email us at cast at gmail. And I think that's it. Send us yeah, any suggestions. I, I, We'd yeah, love to hear what your favorite love stories are.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, we i mean not surprisingly we have gotten zero suggestions and stuff but um so like we will try to honor them if if we see any pour into our mailbox <laughs> uh like, within reason
2: yeah um all right well i uh, this has been this has been story guts i'm molly curran
1: and i'm alice sly and stay hungry, stay hungry. <laughs> Oh no, that's happening again. <laughs> We're never going to finish this.